You, sir, are not one of my vassals. Who are you? Who wants to know? I am Henry the Red, Duke of Shale, Lord of the Northlands and leader of its peoples. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Popheads and welcome to issue 119 of the Tomcast Podcast, coming to you from the friendly confines of the Tom Cave, where we are safe from the outside world and from the evil dead. Thank you for listening to this quality, independent podcast. It's Halloween time. We are focusing on movies that are appropriate for this time of year. So today we are discussing Army of Darkness, in case that opening with Bruce Campbell didn't give it away for you. But before we get into the show... Please make sure you're following us on the social medias at TomCastPopCast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. You can join Poppin' Nation over at Patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast where depending on what level you select, you will get access to a copious amount of bonus content. We have audio commentary tracks for your listening pleasure. We have some videos, PopCast read segments, all kinds of good stuff, a little bang for your buck in my way of saying thank you for helping keep this podcast running. Thank you to my current Patreons. Thank you to the Aspenil Judy, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail. He's co-host of The Ringing Ear, a great music podcast that I recommend. Thank you to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the evil circles, especially at Halloween. The Squidmaster General, Brian Broussard, and the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer. Finally, please subscribe to this podcast. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, whatever format it is you like, whatever platform you enjoy the most. And if you can, give us those sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. They help us out immensely. All right, as I mentioned, it's time to talk about one of one of, one of of everyone's favorite movies. If you've seen the movie, you'll love the movie. I think that's just kind of how it goes. I think there's a law that says you have to love the movie. And uh, you have to love Bruce Campbell because uh, Bruce Campbell is the man. So we are talking today about... Army of Darkness, the third installment in the Evil Dead series, uh, directed by Sam Raimi, written by Sam Raimi and his brother Ivan, stars Bruce Campbell and Beth Davids, uh, who else is in this? Marcus Gilbert, Ian Abercrombie, Mr. Pitt himself from Seinfeld, I mean, come on, uh, Richard Grove, that's not a huge cast of, 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 of you know, known names, though, interestingly enough, Bridget Fonda makes an appearance in this movie as, as Linda in one of the flashbacks to what happened at the cabin in the woods. Scary... Anyways, we're going to be joining up with super friend Roger Smith, a.k.a. Jedi Raj. He's at Jedi Raj on Twitter and Instagram, and I recommend a follow with for him because uh, he's just a good dude, and we like him a lot on the TomCast podcast. So we're going to just, we're going to link up. We're going to discuss this movie. Again, one of, our, one of our, everyone's favorites. It's just a classic piece of American cinema. In in a roundabout sort of way, uh, <laughs> definitely a cult favorite, and yeah, one of my one of my favorites. And I, I I suspect knowing the people in this audience as as I know you all, 
I, I expect you guys to enjoy this this picture as well. So we're going to get into that conversation right about now, but there's something you got to do first before we can get started. That's sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again. I'll see you on the other side. Beware of the boomstick. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. <laughs> Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. The 12 gauge double barreled Remington, S Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right, this sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right. Shop smart. Shop S-mart. You got that? Now I swear, the next one of you primates even touches me. Yeah! Let's talk about how I get back home. All right. Joining me now via the Skype, we have the one, the only, the infamous, the notorious, <laughs> the finely groomed Roger Smith. Oh, yes. A.K.A. Jedi Raj. <laughs> he is at Jedi Raj on the Twitters, on the Instagrams. How are you today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Just here kicking it. Just got off work, ready to cast. It got it got it got hot again, Raj. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was looking good for a minute there. You know, we had some nice breezy days, and then the sun decided, nah, you guys had too much fun. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. This is a crazy October, but it is October. It is uh, that time of year where we like to to discuss. I don't want to call it, you know you can't really call movies like we're going to talk about today like horror films, but like sort of these like great movies that are perfect for Halloween time. You know, very, yeah. very seasonal, if you will. <laughs> Definitely. You know, I, th I think in years past, you know, we, we've, when, we, when Halloween rolls around, we talk about it like, like scary movies that we enjoy. And that's always a lot of fun. Yeah. But Halloween is, is more of a spectrum. There's a, there's yes. a lot more than, than blood and guts and gore to go around for Halloween fun. Yeah, anything in that realm works for me. <laughs> yeah, anything with like a little supernatural twist, a little bit of a fun ghosty action. You know, yeah. I, I think it all qualifies, and 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 I think this year we're we're gonna uh, try you know shed a little bit more light on some of the more lighthearted fare of the Halloween season. Sure. And and uh, Army of Darkness, I think, fits that bill pretty pretty well because it is. I mean, I, I guess we have to say right off the bat that it is the the horror elements are completely toned down from Evil Dead Two. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's um. I don't know. What, what what is your first what was your first encounter with Army of Darkness? Did you get to the, did you see this before you saw the other films or how'd that work out for you? 
Yeah, you know, I think I totally did. Army of Darkness was probably the first one that I saw. Uh, I remember just seeing it probably on TV as a kid if my parents hadn't rented it or something. But yeah, no, like, I always liked the character as a kid. It just, it wasn't something that, like, at first glance, I guess, stuck with me. Like, I must have seen it as a kid, remembered the character, but many details. So that's why maybe I just watched it in passing on TV. But kind of that, that image of Ash with the chainsaw and the shotgun kind of always stuck with me. So I was always familiar with the character. I just never really looked into it anymore. Until later on when I think my uncle ended up buying me the DVD because he remembered that I liked it as a kid. So <laughs> it was kind of like he reminded me that it was something I was into. And I watched it again and it became like my favorite horror franchise. Yeah, oh, very, very good. You know, I... I think I've told the story before on, on, on the podcast uh, when, when my brother and I did like an Evil Dead episode. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't really remember exactly what which one I came to first. I kind of sort of think it was Evil Dead 2 and then, mm-hmm. then Army of Darkness, but it, it very easily could be the, the reverse and Mark probably would remember better than I would. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you're right. I mean, the the image of Ash with the chainsaw hand and, and the shotgun over his shoulder, I mean, it's just, it's very evocative. Uh, of yeah, and it, it does kind of sear itself into your brain, which is always a good thing. <laughs> we always enjoy a good brain searing with with the movie. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, it, it, the the movie is technically released in 1992, but it, uh, it was infamously sat on a shelf, you know, for at least a year, while uh, uh, Dino De Laurentiis and Universal Studios uh, squabbled with each other over rights to something completely unrelated. <laughs> they, uh, the the word is they were they were in a fight over Hannibal Lecter rights, and Look. since Dino was the producer on Army of Darkness, they were like, "Well, we we're not releasing your fucking movie. How about that?" Damn. So uh, Ramy and Campbell Campbell and the, the whole production basically, uh, you know, gets screwed over because of you know Hollywood executive bullshit. Yep, as they do, as they do, and it, it's funny too because I, I I do distinctly remember seeing something on on E, the Entertainment Channel, back in like 1990. <laughs> uh, they were previewing movies that were going to be coming out, you know, coming soon, kind of things, and they did it had like like a, just a short like five ten minute featurette uh, yep. on Army of Darkness that was filming at, mm. at the time, and there's you know filming up in California, you know, so a very very uh, accurate depiction of medieval Europe. <laughs> in Northern California, yep. <laughs> um, and I remember being like really excited. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I, you know, and I don't. Again, at that point, I don't think I really knew what the franchise was. I just was watching this featurette, and they're showing like you know skeleton soldiers, and you know you kind of get those, those those first shots of of Bruce Campbell and in the makeup and in the gear, and you're like, "Oh yep. man, this looks cool!" And they're they're talking to Sam Raimi, and Sam Raimi's a very energetic and charismatic person. So, yeah. so I remember thinking, it's like, oh man, that movie looks cool. And it was like coming, you know, summer of 1991 or whatever. And then mm-hmm. it never came. And I was like, where'd that movie go? <laughs> you know, and, and you would still see stuff for it. Uh, I think, I think Fangoria was, was always a big Sam Raimi uh, supporter. So they would always kind of run little featurettes and, and little images of it when they could. But yeah, for sure. know, yeah, but the movie sat in limbo. And I know, uh, I know Bruce Campbell has not, <laughs> was, was not a fan of that, you know? <laughs> He's uh, he's uh, very uh, publicly stated how pissed he was about that whole situation. You know, here he is. I think he was hoping, maybe hoping for it to be his big break, but uh, you yeah, know, it just sat on the shelf. And he's like, "Well, can I, my can the movie that I'm in come out sometime soon? Because I might like to get more jobs at one point." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very true, and it's it's just unfortunate that it seemed like 
that entire entire franchise, like two and three, just dealt with so much weird behind the scenes stuff that just it was really trying to bring it down. <laughs> yeah, you know, Evil Dead one and two had it, it become like these really big like cult movies, like just really really popular with like the horror film, the horror fan, the horror fans. Yeah, you know, it, it really made a name for Bruce and for Sam, uh, and so they 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 strike the deal with Universal. So it's going to be like this big budget, you know, widely released, uh, you know, part three to their, to their, to their evil dead saga. Yeah. And I, I think I can only imagine that, that Sam Raimi must've known from the beginning that this was going to be fucked. (laughs) (laughs) You know, as as soon as he's, he's trying to tell them, uh, no, the movie's called, you know, the medieval dead. And they're like, what? Get the fuck out of (laughs) here. Yeah, Universal apparently was like, no, you know, those movies are great and, and everything, but this movie has to stand on its own. It has to be its own thing for whatever mm. reason, which I guess is just, it, it seemed like a marketing thing. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of a weird call. I think definitely fans of Evil Dead would have loved that title. I know I do. Um, <laughs> but just, yeah, that approach of just kind of making it its own thing. I mean, it really does show, you know, the movie is completely different in certain regards to the first two, you know, just embraces full on camp and kind of goes more for the humor than the horror. Um, but you know, it still has a little bit of those elements that, you know, Sam Raimi's known for. Mm -hmm. So it it keeps its soul, but just goes in a different direction, you know? Yeah. And I, I I do think that was sort of the intent. It does seem like they wanted to kind of go away from the, from the blood and guts that they did in, 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 in evil dead and evil dead Two. And, yeah. and kind of do more of an adventure-based story, more of a, a, a kind of a, a quest for Ash as this chosen one character, you know, as this chosen yeah. one from the back of the Necron, you know, as we saw in the Necronomicon. Uh, yep. And is, is, so, yeah, the, the, the tonal shift is noticeable, but again, it, like you said, it, it keeps its soul. It's still very much a, a Sam Raimi flick. There, you know, all his his flair and his flourishes are there. And yeah. Ash is still Ash. He might be a bit funny and a bit snarkier, uh, but yeah. I mean, he did just get thrown thrown through a time portal. <laughs> oh yeah, like the the best part about this movie is just like his one liners and just the fact that he's just completely over it. You know, he's, he's just like over it. You know, two nights in this cabin, I just fought through you know all this evil crap. I'm over it. You guys can piss off. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's the great part about it. We should we should talk a little bit about the story because d- despite Universal wanting this to be like its own kind of thing. And, you know, yeah. to stand apart from the Evil Dead movies. I mean, when you, if you, <sighs> I'm just trying to think of like what the marketing must have been like for this movie. I mean, I, 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 I vaguely remember the commercials and, and stuff like that for it. And it does yeah. try to distance itself from, you know, what came before. But I mean, if you sit in the theater, I mean, the first thing you see is, is all the stuff from the end of two. <laughs> you yeah. Know, you you kind of get this recap. And like, if you didn't know any better, you're like, wait. What? I'm watching a sequel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't know, definitely it recaps it all in those first few minutes. Yeah, and it, it, it does a, a darn fine job of recapping and, and making yeah. it so that, you know, if you are in the theater and you hadn't you weren't aware that you were watching the third Evil Dead movie, uh, you, you're like, well, okay, I guess I'm caught up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> close enough. Close enough. I missed all the fun, and you know, of him cutting his own hand off. and But, you you know, you, again, recapped. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just strange decisions from from Universal uh, pervade this film, you know, from from the not letting them title it to them famously re-editing the movie, um, yeah. and to to also famously there being four versions of it. Really? 
yeah, there was the 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 standard the U.S. theatrical, then there was like the European theatrical, then the director's cut, and then you know the a, a couple you know I think it was four was was the magic number here, but okay. Uh, and again, a movie that you know once it came out, like Sam Raimi had no problem saying like, "Hey, they fucking changed my movie. It's this is not the <laughs> end I had, or you know not the original ending that we had planned and all that good yeah. stuff." And I don't know if we want to talk about the original ending just yet. Yeah, we can, we can hold it off. <laughs> but so that yeah, let's kind of get into the movie here. So Ash thrown through the time portal that was opened by the Necronomicon to to send the evil back in time so that it could be destroyed in the past for reasons that only makes sense to the Necronomicon. Yeah, clearly. But Ash, we start our hero Ash plummets from the sky in uh, 1300 AD medieval. England, I suppose, because they all speak English, so that's convenient. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, runs runs afoul of of, of a couple warring armies, <laughs> and is taken prisoner quickly. Yeah. What did you? Oh, uh, how'd that strike you as as a kid watching it for the first time? Like, what did what did you think of that? You know, I I don't really remember too much of my first take on it. I definitely, uh, you know, look back on it kind of more in comparison to the ending of Evil Dead 2, because uh, Evil Dead 2 kind of ends with where this movie was kind of supposed to begin. Right. But it kind of does it in a slightly different way. It, you it know, does kind of fast forward. Yeah, it changes things a little tiny bit from that from that original Evil Dead 2 ending. You're right about yeah, that. Yeah, so, so this version is, is much more, I would say much more in line with what you expect just Ash to just be, you know, just on the bad end of everything. <laughs> everything is just not going his way and he's just getting a bunch of bad luck in a row. And it's not till, you know, after they, <laughs> the, the funny part where they have him in, in the, you know, restraint that has his head and the arms in there, but he could easily just pull out his hand because, you know, it's chopped off. <laughs> but he's still walking like that anyway. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just that whole scene. <laughs> No, it, it's it's it is fun. I mean, I I always was a little surprised at the, um, you know, for whatever reason that the you know because Evil Dead Two ends and you you see that he's back in time, uh, but his arrival is sort of like heralded, at 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 the end of Evil Evil Dead Two, like the yeah the citizens of of that medieval period, sort of rejoice him as the chosen one, as evil, as Army of Darkness begins, it, that's not quite the way it actually goes. Um, it's more like Ash has to kind of prove that he's the chosen one. And only one person believes him at the time, which is one of the wise yeah. men, you know, yeah, the wizard with the one. Yeah. <laughs> who, who's, who is able to read the Necronomicon and, and kind of, you know, parse out its, its prophecies and things of that nature. Yeah. So it, 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 but it is fun. And again, like you said, Ash, Ash has no interest in being the chosen one. He just <laughs> wants to go home. He doesn't want to do this anymore. He's just sick of it. Yeah. And, and, it makes it makes for a fun time to watch, especially as as it becomes apparent that maybe he is the chosen one after all, and he they, these people do need him to help, and he's just like, yeah. you know, <laughs> he just wants to eat grapes and <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the, the the humor is is again, it's 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 a little surprising the way they they changed it up on us uh, from the yeah. the tea recipe, but it is uh, again, it it does seem to be in the vein of what we got before. Cause I mean, there were, there are plenty of dark humor elements in Evil yeah. Dead too. Sure. All right. So let's talk about the pit. Yes. Because this is, this is basically Ash's proving ground. Uh, he's taken in, uh, he's taken prisoner by, by King Arthur, uh, yep. as, as one of, uh, Henry the Reds, 
uh, soldiers, even though he's not, and looks nothing like any of the rest of Henry the Red's army, but, you know, <laughs> to each their own. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're being taken to the pit, where they will yes. be thrown in to deal with, uh, what, is, what, is, what do they call it, the pit witch? <laughs> or is that a sandwich shop? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the exact term that they used. Oh, I got it written down here. Hang on, let me find my note. <laughs> I, I want to say pit witch. <laughs> but it makes me... Pit bitch. Pit bitch. I was doing the PG version. Sorry. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, so this is where apparently where... where uh, this is a pit where in uh, a, a... I don't know if they captured this, this deadite in particular. And deadite is yeah. what they call the, the evil dead in, in this 1300 era. Uh, <laughs> So there's a pit monster down there, pit bitch, and we get to see a great scene where where one of the first soldiers is thrown into the pit, and you hear like the noise at first, and then it gets real quiet, real quiet, real quiet, and then just blood volcano. <laughs> yeah, that was so awesome. Yeah, a really really awesome effect, and it, it does a really good job of of, of reminding uh, our hero Ash that uh, oh yeah he doesn't want to fuck with those guys anymore. He's kind of he's. <laughs> Not not gonna do well. And again, he's he's been disarmed. Doesn't have a shotgun. Doesn't have his chainsaw hand. Uh, so yep. he's trying to get away. He's struggling. He gets hit in the head with a rock. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, M. Beth Davis's character, M. Beth Davis's character, uh, Sheila, believes him yeah. to be one of the men who killed her brother. Yep. So she pegs him in the head with a rock, which <laughs> which is a great again a great scene, a, a good comedic scene as as Bruce. As Ash struggles to maintain his balance while he teeters on the edge of that pit, <laughs> and then yep. they just shove him in, anyways. Right as he gets his balance back, they just push him in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that's our, our our first big action set piece is is the pit, is the battle against the pit bitch. Yep. <laughs> Talk about it, Raj. Awesome. Yeah, no, that that scene is just it's super good. You know, it's just set up to where you know right after the blood volcano thing, he's just terrified out of his mind. <laughs> trying to get henry to vouch for him he's like i do not think they'll believe me lad <laughs> great line but yeah they just push him in there and he just is dealing with you know trying to get his bearings and then you kind of see the, the bubbling around him and then finally it just kind of emerges and attacks him in a in a very uh evil dead manner you know just the, the screaming uh deadite coming for you you know it, you're right it, it probably is the most evil dead scene Evil Dead like scene in the movie because of the the clever use of, of of sound and then the sort of like misdirection with like you know Ash is looking this way but the hand comes out of the water behind him you know stuff yeah. like that and it's really really great uh, but it, it's also fun too because you you have to kind of see uh, how Ash can you know survive more or less uh, <laughs> without his weapons and, and his gear and yeah. stuff like that. Now, it does take a bit of a turn, and again, this movie is different tonally than Evil Dead 2, because uh, <laughs> the pit bitch is just wailing on him with her fists. There's, yeah. no, there's no blood volcano coming out right away. Like, she's not just going for the jugular <laughs> on this. And I always sort of wondered, I, I don't know if it was really ever alluded to, um, if the Deadites know who Ash is. You know, if yeah. there's some kind of recognition of, like, oh, he's here because he is the you know, chosen one, too, so we're just going to beat the shit out of him first before we just, you know, just kill him and win. <laughs> Yeah. And that's never really illuminated that much, but still, just one of those things to ponder while you watch the film. Yeah, definitely something I, I'd consider, too. It's like, how 
how far does this prophecy go? Like, who knows what's going on here? You know? Right, exactly. I mean, especially because it does seem like the Evil Dead are have knowledge and insight uh, that that the humans don't. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, an interesting way to open the picture, and then uh, uh, Ian Amber, Amber Ian Amber Crombie's character of the Wise Man uh, realizes the opportunity is there to give uh, to for Bruce to prove himself as the chosen one. <laughs> so you get the great scene with the chainsaw and the jumping and the you know kind of very Excalibur esque moment of the chainsaw connecting with Ash's stump. Oh yeah, so great the the leap into the air and then the click. Yeah, the the the, the, the slow motion clicking and then like the way the score just kind of kicks in as he like fires up the chainsaw <laughs> and uh you know it's the, so good oh it's, it's great it gets yeah that's a really fun scene the, the chopping up the, the hand and it flies out of the pit and hits the one person in the mouth it's really <laughs> again like you said it kind of starts to embrace its campy elements at that time but it's oh, like, yeah. it's a fun scene to watch a lot of a lot of really good action a lot of good again that score is really nice and it, it shows that our hero is capable yeah <laughs> which is nice to see yeah, I love the whole, you know, unnecessary usage of, of the belt as a whip to grab onto the chain. <laughs> I was like, they, I, I, I still watch that scene and think to myself, it's like, they wanted like an Indiana Jones moment right here. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I have never been able to make a belt do that in my life, and I've tried a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, just completely unnecessary because he could have totally just grabbed it, you know. <laughs> All right, let's let's pause for a second, Raj. What are you drinking today? We we like to have a beer on this podcast. What do you have today, Mon Frere? Today I am doing one of the faves, a fairly fresh can of Smilex Ooh. from Pariah. Ooh, figure a uh, a, a proper Joker themed for. I, I guess he's he's relatively spooky themed, you know. <laughs> Joker definitely a good character. Uh, I've I've been the Joker for Halloween on at least two occasions, possibly three. Yeah, so I, I think it I think it passes the the Halloween beer test, uh, you know, coming in seven point five percent, awesome hazy IPA, one of their uh, one of my favorites that they have there. So Excellent. definitely one that I enjoy getting. You know, I, I stuck with something that we did uh, on the last episode. Uh, I, I'm, I'm once again enjoying Ennegrin's Oktoberfest, again, Ooh, nice. sort of sort of spiritually in, in in line with what we're doing since it is October. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> But it's not, in the name. But not as spooky as your beer is. <laughs> yeah, Joker might have the, the upper hand on the spooks. Yeah, so. this is this is a, a really nice 5.5% uh, Bavarian-style Martzen. Uh, the Anagrin stuff's just really, really good. And uh, because of the pandemic, Raj, there's, uh, yep. there's a lot of Oktoberfest beer in my house. And, <laughs> you know, often that is by design, but... You know, I bought all this stuff, not really thinking about the fact. It's like, oh yeah, in years past, I usually have had people here to help me with this. Yeah, yeah, that's so, that's a bit of a problem. So I may be having Oktoberfests all the way into Christmas. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry, I'm not really that mad about it. Yeah, there could be worse things to happen to a person. Yeah, definitely could be. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, had my my first uh, full size Das Boot the other day. Had yeah. the uh, Hofbrau. Uh, the Mertzen there from uh, from Tavern at the Vogue here on Third Avenue. Very it nice. was amazing. Took me it took me a while to finish, but uh, definitely killed that two liters of awesome. Uh, that that is a, a spot that is high on my list of places to go to once the world resumes. Yeah, for sure. 
It's it's hard for me to want to stray too far out of my neighborhood right now, but I it I gotta go see Q and everybody down there. At, I I haven't been down on Third Avenue in, in far too long, and I really need to pop yeah. by. Yeah, definitely, definitely a great spot. Again, I think I've mentioned it before, but one of my favorite places to go. I think I was there probably like three times last week, just kicking it with friends. So nice, good stuff. Good, good, good. All right. Uh, so where do we where do we pick up the story at this point? Uh, yeah, I guess Arthur has reluctantly accepted ash as the chosen one he doesn't like him very much oh you know what yeah. hold on hold on yeah hold on we're skipping the boomstick <laughs> yes <laughs> i was about to say after exiting the pit there has to be a confrontation with arthur uh where where ash will show his uh technological superiority i suppose <laughs> <laughs> arthur wants a duel and ash is happy to oblige with a shotgun <laughs> so, yes <laughs> and he blows uh, arthur's sword in half Yes, and, and then announces... we get the, the great line, the, who wants some? <laughs> yeah, it, it, he tells all the primitive screwheads not to touch him anymore. <laughs> a great, great moment of the, of the film, a, 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 a classic scene, a, a defining Ash moment, if you will. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those uh, moments. It's I, I think I talked about it before. I know I know last Halloween we, uh, when we talked about Evil Dead stuff. Uh, I, you know, I mentioned going to the Evil Dead the musical, uh, yeah, a small local production that happened here in San Diego of it, and it's 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 basically you know the musical is basically the first film, you know it's the you know the cabin in the woods, the finding the book, you know all that, yeah. but it, it incorporates elements of of two, and uh, you don't get any really elements of three, but you do get some of his best lines. And okay. that will be one of them. The, the the boomstick line carries on into the musical, along with a couple other nice ones from this picture. Nice. So they they find a way in, in the Evil Dead musical to incorporate all of Ash's best work. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. So that was a nice touch for the for the Evil Dead musical, which I do uh, highly recommend. I know I know it's mostly local productions that are doing it, so it's a little bit more uh, uh, small scale. You know, it's not not quite a. It's more of an off 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 Broadway production. <laughs> very off but they do they do a nice job of making it like a, a fun fan experience you know to kind of go and just get sprayed by blood and pus and guts so it's a good time yeah i'm looking forward hopefully next year we can hit that up if it comes back yeah i was i was really sometimes really looking forward to going and doing it again this year and then uh thank you covid yeah <laughs> jerk, jerk jerk ass covid <laughs> all right so we, so though so now we have ash as sort of accepted slash tolerated by, by Arthur. Uh, he's kind of luxuriating around, getting all the pretty women to feed him grapes and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and then he's made aware that he has to go questing for the Necronomicon at this point, because that's going to be the only way he can return home. He has to find the book, say the words, and then the, <laughs> the, that, that will end the evil dead, and then they can send him back to his time. Yeah. That's the crux of the film. So, so this is where the, the questing, the journey begins and and uh it's quite a journey <laughs> <laughs> i was actually gonna say before we get to the journey part uh he gets a new hand oh you're right about that he sure does he gets uh yeah i guess they decided that uh having bruce walk around and trying to you know have like a, some kind of prosthetic or whatever covering up his hand wasn't going to be the most fun so yeah <laughs> uh we find out uh ash is more mechanically inclined than maybe we were led to believe and he and the blacksmith team up and they make a uh <laughs> What's the best way to describe it? I mean, it's like a prosthetic hand, but it's like amped up, super strong, so it like crush goblets. <laughs> yeah, it's like this, just super, uh, almost like you know Luke's hand, but 
the gauntlet version, medieval version, you know? Yeah, it's not an Infinity Gauntlet by any means, but, uh, again, no. you know, it's, it's, it's like spring-loaded almost because it's, it's got some powerful torque to it. Yep, <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Not sure why. I guess they just didn't want him to go chainsaw in this movie for some reason, but... Uh... Well, I think, I, I, I suspect, I don't know if I've ever found anything to confirm this or not. Um, I, a, I suspect Bruce, the actor, probably didn't have the most fun you know, with that chainsaw in his hand for, for most of the picture. It's a yeah, I think it was pretty heavy. And I think there was like some uh, intricate uh, uh, tubing and, and, and pipe work involved going up his pants to make it look like the chainsaw is constantly running. Uh, okay. Uh, but also, I think uh, just from a, a techno, or from a, a, a film logic standpoint, I mean, at some point he does, he's got to run out of gas. Yeah, that's true. So maybe they just decided this is going to be easier, and we can kind of get into like the whole sword and sorcery thing by giving him an actual sword to use. Yeah, that works. I'm okay with that explanation. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, have, I'll, I'll have to consult with the Evil Dead companion book, or I'll just call my brother and, and he can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> or or he'll listen to this podcast and text me that I'm right or wrong. There you go. It's the best solution. That's the best solution. Just sit around and wait for a text. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, we get the new hand, and I think it solves a couple of diff- a couple problems that, that may have cropped up, or else it just made life easier. I don't know. Yeah. He just wanted a hand back. Just wanted his hand back. All right, but this is when we get. So let me ask you this. All right, so we see that that Ash has like some skills. You know, yeah. he's good at killing deadites because you know, hey, hey, he did that in the last movie. Uh, <laughs> but now, now we find out he's got like some science behind him. You know, he's got he's got like his chemistry book from from high school in his trunk. Yeah. So they're able to. <laughs> awesome. They, yeah, that comes into play later on as as they start to arm themselves to fight the army of darkness. Uh, yeah. But it's still a bit of a buffoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. You watched the movie most recently. I, I feel like I'm forgetting something because he goes questing. He goes by himself. He's on the horse. And then the next thing yeah. I can think of is the windmill. I feel, But I feel like there's something in between. Uh, no, that's definitely it. He gets chased to the windmill. But, you know, before that, we, we get the, the important magic words that he needs to remember. Good point. <laughs> it's, uh, what is it Klatu Varada Necto yes uh, he has to say them exactly but he's like yeah yeah I gotta know your damn words <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe not <laughs> yeah yeah as we find out later <laughs> right oh and so okay so yes so then we go on the quest the sun goes down and we get the evil dead that we know and love as in the yep. the, the, the chasing camera the pursuing camera that we don't see what actual entity or force is is pursuing ash but yes. you get the ominous oh yeah <laughs> you know you get that whole thing going on and it's great and it's fun because like, yeah evil did too boom i love this <laughs> uh and he gets he ends up in a windmill an abandoned abandoned isolated something like that it's a windmill uh, nobody probably in it. probably both yeah yeah, yeah I, I mean there was they never find like a body or anything like that so it just seems like a, a windmill that's empty yeah you know just for anyone's use, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess this is this this scene is probably the the, the sort of like the homage to Evil Dead Two and One. You know, is, is yeah. this is probably the closest we'll get to like the like like like, like, like a cabin scene. Uh, could, yeah. yeah, but this is also where things get a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but particularly with with the uh, you know as we saw in Evil Dead Two, you know the the the, the haunted house aspect of it you know, of the dead possessing things and kind of messing with your mind. Yeah, they're real good at that. 
<laughs> so as she's there's there's a mirror, which I don't know if mirrors were a thing back in the 1300s, but that's okay. We won't get into that. Um, yeah, we'll let it slide. Yeah, we let it slide. But he sees an image of himself, a sinister, evilly image of himself, and he smashes the mirror. And this is when we get, I don't know, like one of the more comedic elements of the movie: the 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 dozens of miniature ashes running around <laughs> and 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 uh, I don't know, basically just trying to kill him, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, doing a bad job, but yeah, overall. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and then you know Ash trying to step on them, and there's a lot of back and forth and fighting. And they're you know, they knock him out at one point, and he swallows one of them. Or no, they dive in to him on purpose. I guess they know what they're doing, so like, okay, one of us is gonna go in and I guess possess him. Yep. Uh, and then Ash pours boiling water down his throat to <laughs> kill him. It's a horrific scene to watch. I'm not gonna lie. The idea of just chugging boiling water to kill something in your stomach is just. Not pleasant. I don't like it. <laughs> no, it's it's just it definitely the callback to you know chopping off his hand, just laughing maniacally just to get the literal upper hand. You know. You know, I did like the scene where he throws the fork at one of the minute of the minimis, the miniature ashes, and just like, impales <laughs> him with trident, it. Yeah, the little yeah. miniature trident. Exactly. Remind <laughs> me of Brick Tamlin in Anchorman. No. <laughs> uh, but I guess this is where we get our main villain for the movie as well because uh, uh, he thinks he killed the Ash inside of him but it looks like the Ash still did what he was supposed to do inside of him as yep. as uh, a new Ash an evil Ash begins to grow out of our Ash <laughs> starts with, with an eyeball on the shoulder and then it quickly develops into a two heads and a whole thing yeah <laughs> and you know we get an Ash versus Ash then we get an ass versus a shotgun. <laughs> and seemingly evil Ash is disposed of at that point. Yep. You get the line, good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. Yeah. And evil <laughs> Ash is supposedly blown away. Ash buries him, which yep. I thought was really nice to care, you know, bury your evil dead self. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was a nice gesture. And then it's on with the quest. As they reach the creepy cemetery... And the three Necronomicons, where he has to make the choice, <laughs> it's about yeah. which one's which, which they don't make it. It it, it becomes self-evident as as two of the books try to kill him, <laughs> so yeah. we find out which one's the right one soon enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but another uh, kind of a uh, funny Three Stooges esque, you know, uh, hilarity with the with the books. You know, the one that kind of he's following him and flying after him, and the one that bites him, and you know, yeah. the good stuff there. But eventually, we get to the right book, and then of course. He can't remember the words. Yeah. <laughs> so Ash being Ash, uh, you know, does what we just, we will learn he does best, which is uh, fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah, he, he cuts some corners for sure. <laughs> yeah, Roger, how did how did that scene kind of play out? Like, can you can you give me like your recreation of it? Oh yeah, he was like Klaatu, Barata. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's like saying the words. Kind of, sort of. Not every single little syllable. <laughs> but yeah, I said your damn words. <laughs> Such a great line. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, so then uh, Ash removes the Necronomicon. But since he hasn't said the words, this triggers the rising of the army of darkness, the, the yep. army of the dead. And uh, the, the, the Necronomicon rub. Chooses a new leader for its army, and it is the resurrected corpse of Evil Ash from, yes. from the windmill. As he's uh, reconstituted with a new blown-off shotgun face so that you can have a different actor 
in the costume so they can fight each other. Yeah, that worked out pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Ash returns, but no one's happy because he didn't do it right. Mm -hmm. And everyone's upset with him because now the army's coming and there's nothing they can do to stop it. Yep. But now Ash has to step up to the plate and kind of... Now he has to kind of own it. He has to sort of be the man. (laughs) <laughs> and he's gonna he's gonna train these these people in the castle to to fight the army the army of darkness and defend their their land and their castle and to save themselves and it's fun. <laughs> he he teams up again with his blacksmith friend and they start making all kinds of different weapons and concoctions and uh, they kind of come up with uh, with you know early gunpowder for some yeah. for some explosions and stuff of that nature. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Super cool stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, again a really fun scene. We, we we see the crafty side of Ash, the creative side of Ash, and mm-hmm. uh, again we're we're in this action this adventure movie at this point. So now we're getting the the, the climax of, of of the picture. I mean, it's a fast moving movie. I mean, it, this thing flies yeah. by at like light speed. So yeah, yeah. yeah. If if you Super feel like great. we're talking about it too fast, uh, it's because it's really fucking fast. <laughs> Yeah, we're actually going slower than the movie. I think. Yeah, it's it's not a long picture. It's an hour. It's a right around an hour and a half. I think even the, like the longest cut of the movie is like ninety four minutes. So yeah, barely over that. Yeah, it's 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 a lean, mean motion picture. <laughs> um, what what am I missing? What or what what else do you want to talk about from at, from that scene as as we kind of build up to the big climactic battle? Let's see. Well, we have the training, basically training montage of everybody. So mm-hmm. we have like you mentioned. Uh, you know, he goes in there, teaches them how to make some gunpowder. We see him uh, working on the car with the blacksmith, so they're kind of refitting that, but we don't really see for what. Uh, and then we have the uh, the, the staff training, <laughs> which is something I'd always thought about. I'm like, what like background does Ash have that he's like teaching these guys like staff katas and stuff? You know. <laughs> I was just like really curious about that. I'm like, that's a very particular set of skills. There. You know, it's funny it, it, that scene. I was thinking about the scene when you know this morning when when we were uh, making our our preparations for for the episode today. And, yeah. Uh, last, I think it was last week. I watched the the South Park pandemic special. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch this yet. No, not yet. I wanted to though. It's it's pretty great. Um, and when in one of the scenes, uh, Cartman has a, uh, a a a six foot stick to keep people away from him. <laughs> and I was thinking about that scene and I thought about Cartman and it just kind of made me laugh. I was like, oh man, they have like a, a, a COVID stick, basically. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. They already knew. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> just something I thought of today. No, not connected to our, our discussion at all, but thought it was fun. <laughs> That's funny. You know, we, we didn't talk about uh, Ash's... Excuse me, his uh, developing relationship with, with, uh, with Sheila. Yeah. You know, before he goes on the quest, you know, and they make the sweet love. <laughs> you know, and then they have uh, what he calls pillow talk, baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, because she's all into him, and he's trying to be like you know one night stand guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, clearly there's like this burgeoning relationship between the two of them. You know, to the limited context of of the picture. Uh, but yeah. she is uh, before the battle. She is quickly abducted by the forces of the army of darkness and in evil Ash. Uh, yeah. Because since evil Ash is evil. But he does have Ash's memories, so he, you know, he's he's down to pound with uh, yep, with Sheila, and they turn her into like an evil possessed, evil dead deadite Sheila. Yeah, and uh, that's an interesting look <laughs> for her. <laughs> yep, 
<laughs> so so the the stakes are raised for Ash a little bit more. There is something personal on the line for him because he's going to try and save uh, Sheila from from evil Ash and and the army of darkness. Yes. So yeah, he has something on the, on the line now. <laughs> and battle ensues, right? Like we get to the big battle. I think it's a really neat uh, uh, mix of guys in costumes and uh, sort of uh, um, I don't want, props isn't the right word, but I mean, you know, like the, the skeletons are skeletons, like they're held up by you know wires and sticks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I think the the skeleton, like the usage, like you're saying, like of real people, kind of in black suits with the skeletons on top, versus like you know the the practical effects of having you know just a, a skeleton just wired up but like moving him underneath was really cool yeah and there's some there's some funny stuff with the, with the evil dead because as usual the evil dead's very quippy so yeah they have some pretty good lines as, as they're you know killing people and and being killed by people and and it's it's again a lot of fun to watch the movie i mean it, there's a certain sort of uh three stooges three stooges element to the to the kind of comedy there's a lot of physical comedy but it's also oh yeah you know uh uh you know, smart-ass remarks and, and, and one-liners and things of that nature. So it, it's, again, it's just a super easy movie to watch and have a good time with. Yeah, this this might be the one-liner movie, like, to watch if you're into one-liners. Like, there's just so many good lines that <laughs> you could just quote nonstop. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, again, I mean, we, we, we've, we've scratched the surface. I'll probably incorporate some of the best lines in, into this podcast so you, people will be able to hear them as, as they listen to the show. Um, nice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you get to the big battle, and you know, we, I, again, the, I don't want to say like there's any sense that Ash is going to fail necessarily. I mean, I think we all kind of know where the picture's going. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's fun to see how he gets there. It's fun to see how they defeat the army. How the you know he's able to rally these people. Uh, and then I guess we have to talk about him going home. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, like the battle is—it's a pretty good battle. The uh, there's a lot of pretty cool choreography going on in there, you mm-hmm. know, like a lot more than you'd think, I guess. You know, like you think just it'd be a lot more simple than it is, but there's some cool sword play, some cool ducking, killing the guy behind you kind of action, and it was entertaining. It, it's it's a lot more than uh, you know you would have expected for it. So it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, a lot of the, it was very. Um... A lot, a lot of the fight scenes, particularly like the the stuff with Ash and and the, and the swords and and fighting the different uh different deadites and and evil Ash in particular. I mean, it's very uh reminiscent of of old Hollywood of of like Errol Flynn type, you know, yeah. movies. You know, almost like swashbuckler esque, uh, particularly with that that sort of uh, you know, old time hero score that they have in the picture. You know, like it, it, it just I don't know. There's something very uh. I don't know the quintessential Hollywood about the way some of it was shot. Particularly, like I said, when you, when you're when he's doing the sword fights and he's going up those stairwells and things like that. Like I just think of like like the old Robin Hood movie from like the 30s or 40s, yeah. the, the Errol Flynn one. Um, again, just like the like old school Hollywood. Sam Raimi maybe you know tipping his cap to the the movies he grew up watching. Um, sure. Yeah, just just a lot of fun. It, it's it's. I mean, it's the best way to describe this movie. Like, you can't take this movie super seriously because it's it's like ridiculous. Yeah. But it's it's just a, it's just a blast to watch. I mean, it's it's a really good time. There's there's yeah, a thousand definitely. worse ways to spend ninety minutes of your life. <laughs> and you get, you get for sure. Yeah, you get you get Bruce Campbell in his prime. Uh, you know, I think this is actually 
this has got to be like his last time as like the leading man as well. You know, he never even. Yeah, probably. He, you know, uh, up to this point, like I mean, other than Evil Dead, like I don't think he's he was like the main star of anything. Um, yeah, and this is pretty sure this is the last time he was as well. Uh, but I also yeah. think he became very sick of, of the kind of like the Hollywood system. Yeah, I'd imagine that probably you know in a sense put him off to the whole thing, and he kind of embraced his B moviness, you know. Yeah, I mean, and I say that uh, with an asterisk by it because uh, I mean that in regards to movies, because uh, yeah. as as we all know, he was the, the 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 main the title character for Briscoe County Junior, which was one of my favorite shows on TV in the mid nineties. <laughs> for sure, yeah. I think Briscoe came out in like ninety three, ninety four. So like that that was probably like his next big project after mm-hmm. after uh, Army Army finally came out. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So if anyone hasn't watched Briscoe County Junior, my God, what are you doing? <laughs> I wonder where you can watch that these days. You think it's streaming on anything? It's got to be streaming on something. Yeah, it's too good not to. Yeah, it's it's that's a good time. That's a, that's a fun western with like these fun sci-fi elements to it. It's it's a really really good show. I definitely recommend people going back and checking that out if they have yeah. the time or the inclination and you want to see more of sexy sexy Bruce Campbell's big chin. <laughs> this time in a cowboy hat. There you go. Uh, so I guess we need to go again. I guess we need to kind of get to the end of the movie now because the the army of darkness has been defeated. The forces of evil are put back in check, and the Necronomicon is just a fancy book made out of, out of dead people flesh. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the the wise men are going to use it. They're going to uh, they're going to keep their promise to Ash, and they're going to help him uh, come up with a potion so that he can go back to his own time, go back to where he came from. And yeah. I thought I thought it was interesting that. To get to the past, uh, he's Ash is sent back through a through a portal through a, through a, like a, like more or less like a like a rip in time kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but to send Ash back to the future, Marty McFly style, Back to the Future, uh, <laughs> they they go for like the what was it like Rumpelstiltskin route where they just put him to sleep for a couple thousand years. Yeah, I mean he he kind of just stays there with the car. Basically, like Back to the Future Three, you know, they find the car in a cave, kind of thing. Yeah, but you know, it's it's like Bruce is like sleeping off a massive hangover for you know a couple a couple centuries. <laughs> you could probably use it. Yeah, maybe you know. I mean, the, the you know, hey, the the events of this picture do pick up you know right after the events of the first two movies. So <laughs> yeah, he's had a long you know forty eight seventy two hours or whatever it is. <laughs> Sleep it off for a few hundred years. Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, things don't go smooth for Ash because he has to say some more words again before, yeah. he, before he takes the potion. And he doesn't. Qu- Wait, I'm misremembering the end. <laughs> he has to count no, the drops. What's that? I'm mis. I'm, I'm getting the original ending and the in the theatrical ending mixed up. Okay, because uh, that's basically what happened. Like in the theatrical cut, they they put him in the cave, and then he. Doesn't he just he just says the words, doesn't he? No, in the uh, like in the final version, he miss says the words. Like when he ends up at Smart again, right? He miss says the words. Okay, so but he wakes up in his time. He's working back at Smart, but now the deadites are still around. So he has to kill a deadite at Smart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. So that's that's the theatrical ending of the picture. We see yeah. Bruce. Working uh, Bruce, we see Ash back at S Mart, 
uh, which has been alluded to multiple times throughout this picture, you know, being a, being a sales clerk at the S Mart. And uh, uh, he's talking to Ted Raimi because, of course, he's talking to Ted Raimi. And, <laughs> and again, you get a, a really fun scene to kind of cap it off is like, you know, it seems in this ending that, that, that Ash has sort of uh, accepted his role as the killer of deadites and, and things of that nature as he plugs one after a cool battle in the, in the, in the S-Mart store. And he, uh, you know, it says he's, you know, hail to the king, kisses the girl, and the movie ends. Yeah. The original ending that I love Much more than anything. Cool. The original ending that I love more than anything involves Ash in the cave, and he has to do drops. But he gets distracted, and he miscounts the drops. So yep. he ends up oversleeping, waking up in a future overrun by deadites. And with the, you know, obviously the, the illusion being that, oh, this is going to be the next movie is, is Ash in like this post-apocalyptic deadite controlled future. And then it was yep. like, movie we never got. No. <laughs> well, how do you feel about those, those two endings in particular? I mean, do you, do you, do you gravitate more towards that theatrical ending that we, we had initially? Or do you like the, I blew it again and now things are worse ending that, that Ash had in, you know, the original director's cut? You know, I think I would have liked the original ending more if it had led into another movie. I think with what we got was awesome because it was like, yeah, we can we can end it here if it needs to end here because, you know, you understand that Ash has this character. He's basically now the Deadite killer, you know. He's the only one that knows how to do this. And, uh, and then, you know, that kind of leads into, like, you know, the Ash versus Evil Dead series, which kind of picks up from that in the future. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, the the last, you know, five, ten minutes of that movie are great. Just him destroying the Deadite in the store <laughs> with all the one-liners. But, ma'am, I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's really good stuff in that scene. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, for years, that was the only ending I had... I. I was able to see, you know, I, yeah. I, you know, I think we'd all had a lot of us had heard via Sam Raimi interviews and, and kind of like, uh, you know, the, the magazines of the time that we all read for, for movies, you know, would allude to this other ending. Uh, yeah. but, but it wasn't until sort of the rise of DVDs, you know, in the, in the mid to late nineties, uh, where in addition came out where we could actually watch that, that, that original Sam Raimi ending with the, uh, the, the deadite future. And uh, uh, it was yeah. so exciting to see, you know, cause, again, because we had heard about it for so long, but then to actually kind of see it. And uh, famously, so let me tell you how my brother and I were made aware of the original ending of Army of Darkness. All right. The Dark Horse Comics adaptation. Oh, yeah. Was written and drawn by John Bolton. And he did the adaptation based off of the original screenplay. So the original screenplay has that ending. So Dark Horse adapted it with that ending. And oh, one day we're funny. like in the comic book store and we're going through and we're like, what fucking ending is this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so that was like our first exposure to to the original ending of of Army of Darkness. And, you know, we were like, wow, that's a really cool ending. Because, I mean, we love the idea of it going from one adventure to the next adventure, kind of continuing on in that regard. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Universal got really involved in this movie. They wanted to have a lot of control and a lot of say about it, and they, they yeah. wanted this ending because I think that, I think at this point they decided they were done 
<laughs> with <laughs> with uh with the Evil Dead movies. They're like, you know what? We're not going to do this anymore. We're not having sure. any fun with this project. Uh, I don't I don't know the particulars of it. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. I you know I don't know the particulars of the deal that Raimi had, had cut with Universal because I I think he did Darkman through Universal as well. Mm-hmm. I but, think so. Yeah. But I'm trying to remember which one came out first. Oh, that's that's a tough one. I mean, it, uh, I'm going to look it up right now, Raj. All right. You know, because I mean, we talked we've talked more we've talked about Darkman on this podcast. It was first. Yeah, a couple of times here and there. Yeah, Darkman came oh, out. In ni- yeah, Darkman came out in ninety. So my suspicion is that he probably signed a deal with Universal to to direct Darkman, and it was probably like a, like a two picture thing or something. Sure. You know, so he's like, I'll do this, and then I can get to do this, right? You know, one of those tit for tat kind of situations that at the time was pretty prevalent in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. So they're probably like, yeah, sure, whatever you want. Yeah. So yeah, Darkman comes out in nineteen ninety. Uh, this was released in ninety two, but again. Uh, filmed it, I think, in, in mostly in 1990 itself, and then, like, like we said, sat on a shelf for a very long time. Yeah, just a damn shame. A damn shame. And a movie that I thought, I still believe that if marketed better, uh, mm-hmm. could have been pretty successful at the box office. But you know, what do I know about people and their tastes? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it was a fun movie. I think if they would have kept a little more you know, connection to the evil dead. I think people might've been more into it. I don't know. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, the movie, you know, we, I guess we should mention that the, you know, the movie didn't do great in the box office and you yeah. know, there could be a, a litany of reasons for that. Uh, the budget for the movie was 11 million bucks and it only made, yeah. you know, like four, almost four and a half, uh, on its <laughs> opening weekend. Oh, wow. It, it eventually made back its, its budget and it made a little bit of profit, um, with his worldwide box office, but yeah, I mean, I, again, I always thought it was a movie that was marketed strangely. Yeah, for sure. You know, just one of those things. I mean, and that, it still happens to this day where, where you know, whoever's in charge of marketing for whatever studio uh, doesn't know what the hell they they have on their hands, so they just kind of <laughs> make a decision, and maybe it's not necessarily for the benefit of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I think we see we see a lot of that even to this day. Yeah, yeah, constantly. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, again, I'm, I'm trying. To, I was trying to, trying to think of a of, of a movie off the top of my head, but uh, it it wasn't there. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a lot of that going around, and you know, it, it is interesting to speculate if you know marketed differently, or you know, like you said, they played up those connections to to Evil Dead. If perhaps it would have you know gotten more people into the theaters or things of that you know things of that of that ilk. But I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I mean, Army of Darkness is uh, it speaks to a certain audience for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and maybe its audience is a little bit limited because of that. But it it's very much for its fans. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely a cult classic now for sure. Yeah, and and you know, and the the the, the army of people who uh, are fans of this picture. I mean, it, they continue to grow and they continue to become vocal and. Uh, you know, the power of the internet has only made the fan base, uh, uh, you know, grow bigger and bigger. And, and uh, I don't know if become powerful is the right word, but I mean, to, <laughs> but to, to, to kind of, with the internet, you have access to these creators and you can let them know that, yeah. hey, there's a million of us here and we love this and, we, you know, we want to thank you for this stuff. And I think it's a lot of that growing fan base, uh, this ever-growing fan base that Evil Dead and Army mm-hmm. Darkness have that we got the Ash 
series on on yeah. Showtime for a couple of seasons. And, yeah, and you know, and like I had my qualms with that show, but for the most part, I had a good time with it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but it does it does sort of seem like we have reached the end of Evil Dead: Army of Darkness. Like maybe there will be more, maybe there won't be. You know, maybe the if they, I think the latest rumor. Yeah. I mean, do you know more about the latest rumor? Like, if it comes back, it's not going to be with Ash; it'd be with somebody else. Yeah, it looks like the the latest project is what is it? Uh, I can't remember the title of it, but it's supposed to take place in like a building, like a skyscraper or something. Like Die Hard, because um, I like Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, basically, like it's going to be Evil Dead Die Hard is what I'm imagining. So Evil uh, Dead that, Hard. On its own, sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know much. I mean, there's always. It seems like there's always talk of some new Evil Dead project to some extent, but it it does sound like yeah. Bruce is kind of done with it now. That you know, he, he kind of got to say a goodbye to the project uh, with the the Ash series. Um, yeah, that was kind of his deal. It yeah. Like it. Uh, since we're on the topic, like, were you a fan of the 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 remake the of the original film? You know, I never saw it. Uh, I I heard it was like just like super gore fests, uh, just kind of like over the top, which I'm not completely opposed to. But I feel like it, it lost the campiness just, you know, from the trailers and my friends reviews and stuff. So I was kind of like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know that I even want to see this, uh, especially if it doesn't have ash and it. it's kind of just its own thing. But, you know, I don't know. Uh, what do you think about it? You know, I, I have to admit, I had a really hard time separating it from the Evil Dead that I know and love so much. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was hard for me. And it is, it's still rather hard for me to, to kind of look at them as separate things. Um, uh-huh. it's, it, it's, not, it's not a bad movie by any means, but it, it, I don't know. Just like you said, it, it doesn't, doesn't feel like <laughs> Evil Dead. And yeah. I don't know if I was able to quite wrap my, my head around that. Sure. And you know, and that, again, that's on me. Uh, I I I, I want to say Mark liked it more than I did. Um, and and mm-hmm. again, him kind of being one of the staunchest Evil Dead fans in the world. Uh, <laughs> that I think that's saying more than 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 my opinion on it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I every now and again I have my my own quirkiness and my own like predilections kind of get in the way of stuff. Sure. Um, but yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, that, but yeah, it's it's really it. They really go for the like the horror part of it mm. like they really like ramp it up to 11 on that one gotcha. like no campiness you know just like blood and trauma and screaming and pain <laughs> <laughs> but not enough laughing it, i mean it's a visually it, uh I, th- I thought it was a visually exciting movie to watch okay if, if that helps persuade anyone that i'm not being a total butt <laughs> about this <laughs> but yeah i mean i don't know like i said evil dead and army of darkness they they just sort of like scratch a very particular kind of itch that that yeah. I like in the movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Just this kind of wonderful, harmonious blend of horror and, and, and action and comedy all at once. Yeah. But with, you know, what at the time was a, a really unique visual style and visual flair brought to us by Sam Raimi. Yeah. And uh, again, I know we've talked about it on this podcast too. I know you and I are both really excited to see what Sam can bring to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, now that he's going to be playing with Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's super exciting. Yeah, it, it really, really is. And, and we, you know, we owe it all to uh, these movies that he, he started out with. I mean, these movies that were like basically just like passion projects of his mm-hmm. um, that introduced us to like his 
just completely unique way of, of shooting things. And it's, it's just, it's it's a a testament to him as a filmmaker and to uh, the audience that he was able to cultivate that, uh, I, 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 I guess it's, it's hard to think of another example of a, of a filmmaker who, who rose to such heights, uh, yeah. you know, based off of, of, again, these small time, super indie movies. <laughs> I mean, remember this guy was, you know, Sam Raimi was, was directing like the biggest movies of the early aughts when, when Spider-Man was coming out when, with Tobey Maguire. Yep. You know, and the, you, you go, you look back and you're like, wait a second, that's the guy who did Evil Dead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy just to be able to, you know, look back and see where he came from in all this. I know um, just a couple couple weekends ago, I actually did a, uh, an Evil Dead marathon at my place. Uh, just, you know, had the wife and kid and, you know, her sister came over and the nephews came over and they had never seen Evil Dead before. So I'm like, like all right, we're going to get you guys caught up. Here's the <laughs> crash course in Evil Dead. And, you know, in between each movie, I kind of gave them a quick synopsis. Okay, this is why this is going to be exactly like the one before it, because blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff that was going on. And, you know, they seem to really like it. I'm like, you know, this a lot of these uh, the, the film style, the angles and the chase shots and, you know, just everything going on is indicative of like, Sam Raimi style, you know, and and now you see so many other directors trying to, you know, take some of that style and put it in their movies. So he's definitely super influential in that. And I, I think it was cool to, you know, kind of introduce a new generation into where that came from. Dude, you are a hundred percent right with that. I was, you know, as you as you were telling that story, I was I was just thinking that it, you know it's it's sort of up to old old farts like us. Yeah, <laughs> and, and when I say old farts, I mostly mean me. <laughs> but it, it's sort of um, I, this might sound like insanely like pompous, <laughs> but <laughs> in in a sense of the word, in, in a sort of sense, like we're sort of like caretakers for some of these great uh, movies, you know that that were so important to us and to our generation, uh, because uh-huh. there's 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 just this uh. uh Overabundance of of content of, of movies and, and TV and entertainment and things to watch on all these different yeah. formats and all these different venues that uh, you know I I I'm sure you know you know plenty of young people who have no time for anything made before they were born. Yeah, that's probably true. You know, and I and I to a certain extent I understand that, but I mean, you know, if you if you encounter a young person who is is really into movies and really wants to know about cinema and the history of cinema and like how things got to be where they are now with like, like visual effects and special effects. And I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of up to us old guys to be like, Hey, listen, I got something you should check out. And I'm not saying that in the, in a windowless van sort of way. I mean, here's a movie. It's a good definitely. movie. It's not a snuff film. Watch this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, definitely. I, I try to do that with the little guy, you know, we, we're, we're kind of like gauging where he's at because Ever since, you know, he was super small, he's always loved, like, spooky, scary things, you know? Like, he loves watching ghost videos on YouTube with us and that kind of stuff. So, you know, kind of within reason, we're like, all right, how, how far can we push his his yearning for scary material? Yeah. So, you know, obviously, I, I thought Evil Dead was relatively tame, you know, for the most part. And, you know, I, we started with Army of Darkness, and we kind of went back from there. Because, you know, Army of Darkness is easy to show to a kid because there's nothing super graphic in that, I think. Um, but yeah, no, we, we kind of did that and, you know, he loved the character and 
we kind of just took it from there. And, you know, he, he's gone through. I think we, we actually recently watched The Exorcist with him. He didn't think <laughs> it was scary at all. He was just like, like, right? oh, like guard people for life. And he was just sitting there like, yeah, that was kind of cool. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's this weird, like, kind of balance of being like, you know, which parts of this is he going to take things from? And it's, it's kind of a fun journey to see, like, all right, he likes these characters, but doesn't really click with this. This kind of creeps him out a little bit, but this not so much. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with the with the idea that we're kind of like the, the caretakers of, of the old cinema. Like, we, we need to show them what the good stuff was, where where the current good stuff gets its inspiration from. And yeah. that's that's probably the best we can do. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you 100. Uh, percent I, you know, I'll, I'll mention it. I, I'll mention this reluctantly because I don't. I'm not the biggest, the world's biggest Eli Roth fan. Um, sure. But he's been doing a really nice uh, uh, a series on on AMC. Uh, they always they they only they only do this at Halloween time. It's always like four or five episodes in a season, and they just played on in October. Uh, and it's uh-huh. like Eli Roth's History of Horror. And yeah. I, and I don't necessarily always agree with every movie that decides the that he decides to feature for whatever theme they're doing that week. Um, but there, there's a lot of of really good history in there. Of like, this you want to see a haunted house movie? This is one for you to watch. And it's always like something, yeah. something like from the '70s or whatever. Or you know, it's yeah. And it's it's it. And they they explain to you, and they they have uh, interviews with 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 critics and with uh, other mm-hmm. other film creators who who have been inspired by that movie or whatnot to to, to talk about it. Um, so a really good series. I'm not quite oh, sure where, cool. yeah, I'm not quite sure where you can stream it from. I know it's on AMC, but it's gotta be streaming somewhere by now, at least the first season. Mm. Cause that was a year ago. Um, but yeah, Eli, yeah, Eli, Eli, Ross, Eli Ross history of horror. Give it a, give it a look. It's, it's got a lot of good historical context for, for why people should watch some of these old movies that maybe seem old timey. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. But dude, man, fucking Rosemary's baby is still scary as shit. And the, the omen, I mean, come on, kids are always creepy. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. We just watched uh, over the weekend. We watched The Shining, and I've I've oh, seen yeah. The Shining. Been, I'm probably gonna watch that too. Yeah, I've seen The Shining dozens and dozens of times, and I I still really really like it. And like the scares aren't there for me anymore, but it's still a creepy yeah. as fuck movie. Yeah. You know, so I mean, there's there's again, there's a lot to learn if, if you if you're if you know somebody who wants to kind of you know study the. Um, art of, of filmmaking and stuff like that. There's lots, a lot, a lot of good stuff that shouldn't be overlooked and forgotten about. And I, I would definitely say that Sam Raimi and his evil dead series, all three, uh, are, are amongst the three, the three that must be shared with the yes. youth, the young generation ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. For sure. That was, that was kind of my goal. And, uh, recently they just had the, the 4k steel book edition, of Evil Dead One and Two, Ooh. so I picked that up from Best Buy. You know, the, the cover's super cool. It's just got like super nice Evil Dead One and Two art on the back and front. Um, and I hear that the 4K version of Army of Darkness is on its way. So if I can get that, I can complete my set, have you know super high quality, just way more than you need. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, right. Um, well, <laughs> that also says that Roger has a better TV than me. <laughs> only slightly i got this on sale <laughs> i think i'm still in 1k i don't know i don't know how that works <laughs> possibly all right my friend i don't think i have anything else to say um uh about the picture you got anything else you need to get off your chest 
Uh, no, I, I think my only, uh, my only qualm for the season is I don't think, uh, Ailsmith did Evil Dead Red this year, but I'm doubt about. I haven't heard anything about it if they did. Yeah, you know what, that's a really good point. I haven't seen anything for Evil Dead Red either. Maybe. Yeah, they... I know last year they didn't even distribute it. They just had it in shops, so. Oof. I don't know, man. It's hard to get Kind of letting me down. It's hard to get people to get those red ales nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that one is like the red ale, you know? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm with you on that. I used to buy like multiple bombers of that every, every, every year. For sure. There's always one I look forward to. So that is a bummer. Thanks for ending on a down note, Roger. God damn it. Now I'm upset. <laughs> All right, Much everyone. like the, the Evil Dead franchise. I had to end it on a down note. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll go home after, or turn off this podcast um, and, and go watch Army of Darkness. Go watch the entire Evil Dead series if, if you if you really want to get into it. I, I oh, still yeah. I still think Evil Dead Two is my favorite of the of the of the of the three, but Army yeah. Darkness, damn good time. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I totally agree. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Always. I appreciate it insanely <laughs> much. It, I appreciate it insanely. That was not a good sentence, but I appreciate your time. I appreciate you hanging out with me and talking about the movie. Uh, we're gonna be back pretty darn soon. We we got a we got a few more weeks before Halloween. We can get some more Halloween movies in there. Oh yeah, we'll uh, we'll throw on the horror movies on stack there. Ooh yeah, we'll get the. <laughs> ooh, if you want to hear me cry during a podcast, we'll have to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I'll just <laughs> weep openly into a microphone because it, it, that that movie has done so much trauma to me <laughs> <laughs> that I still like wince at certain parts of it. I'm just like, oh fuck, that is brutal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm talking about the original one, the Toby Hooper, like 1975, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. I mean, oh boy. Ooh, I still get the heebie-jeebies thinking about parts of that movie. Oh boy! <laughs> Again, one of those movies. I don't. I don't. I don't know if the little man will ever be ready for for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Wait yet, till but, he's uh, married with his own kids, and then you can show him <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We've waited many years for the son. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. I will talk to you very soon. Thanks again. All right. Likewise. See you later. Later's. Our old men from the future. Loud mouth braggarts. Nope. Just me, baby. Just me. Hey, there it is. That's the conversation with, with Roger Smith, a.k.a. Jedi Raj. He's at Jedi Raj on Instagram and Twitter. Give him a follow because he's a really nice guy. I appreciate him hanging out and talking uh, to me, with me about Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness from 1992. Uh, I don't have anything else... I guess I don't have much else to say about, about Army of Darkness. Again, it's a really fun movie. I think most of, of, of you guys guys and gals and fine people uh, listening to this podcast, you've probably have seen Army of Darkness once or twice in, in your time. Uh, and it is worth a revisit. It really, really is. Um, I, I think Bruce Campbell is uh, hilarious and, and uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know if endearing is the right word, but I mean, he has a presence in these movies that uh, is, is uh, quite enjoyable. So I think people watching these, and again, like 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 Roger and I were saying, uh, sometimes it is it is movies like this that will kind of fall in the cracks, and and if if you have young people, <laughs> make sure they know that there's good movies that were made before they were born, and that's what, all we can really say about that one. Um, again, Halloween is coming. It's going to be a very different Halloween this year than we've ever had before because of the pandemic and and COVID and everything. Uh, but I hope everyone's making fun plans and, and trying their best to come up with uh, uh, fun alternatives if you, if you have little ones running around and 
or if you are trying to make fun plans for yourself. You know, it, it, just because it's going to be a different version of the, of the holiday doesn't mean it's not going to be a fun day to have something going on. Even if you're just sitting around on your, on your couch wearing a costume and just taking pictures for Instagram because that sounds exactly like what I'm going to end up doing. <laughs> all right. With that being said, I'm going to wrap things up. Thank you guys. And go, I said it again. Thank you all so much for listening to this quality, small, independent podcast. Your, your downloads, your listens, your feedback, uh, it, it all means the world to me. I thank you all so, so very, very much. Again, my name is Tom. This is the TomCast Podcast. Please follow us on social media. We're at TomCast Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, TomCastPodcast at gmail.com. Email me your favorite uh, movies to watch this time of year. That'd be fun, right? We can talk about that. Maybe get one of them on the show. It could be on the list. There is a list. Uh, and finally, if you want to, if you want to be a financial backer of the podcast, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Tomcast podcast, where you can become an official member of Pophead Nation, get access to all kinds of super cool bonus content. Thank you so much to my current patrons. Thank you to the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Baypock, Mr. Jeff Nail, co-host of The Ringing Ear. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circle, circles, Squidmaster General Brian Broussard. And the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, El Diablo himself, in the month of Halloween. That makes sense. I like it. All right. Finally, please subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to us. You're downloading us. You're sharing us with friends, families, relatives, enemies, neighbors, dogs, all of it. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. If you need me on a smaller one, let me know which smaller one you want, and I'll get on that one too. And if you can. Please, 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 those five-star reviews, they're like the sweet, sweet uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups that you hand out to the, the trick-or-treaters on Halloween. And I need all the Reese's Pieces Butter Cups. Reese's, no, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Jesus, Tom, get your candy right. Fuck. All right. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to this Army of Darkness podcast. As Ash says, remember, this is my boomstick. Ciao, babes. <laughs> Yo, she-bitch. Let's go. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!